Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about the best strategy for successful portion control. Uh, if you're gonna lose weight, you're gonna need to reduce the portions uh, most likely because you need to consume less calories on average in order to lose weight. And obviously portion control is a big way you're gonna make that happen. So what we wanna understand is that knowing you wanna eat less food is a starting point, but it's not enough. Um, the most important thing is you need to be able to manage your state. It is your state that is absolutely the main thing in control of how much you're going to eat. It's not what you know. <laughs> it's what you're feeling in that moment when you're about to eat. So to understand your state, we want to understand it's a combination of two things. It's your physiology, what's going on in your body, and it's your psychology, what's going on in your brain. So we always start with the physiology first. So what you want to do in order to reduce portion control is to relax, to calm down. A lot of times when people are going to eat, they're stressed, they're anxious, they're tense. And when you're eating in that state, it's very difficult not to overeat because you're just worked up, you're eating fast, you don't realize how much you've eaten, and it's way easier to overeat. So it's not enough to know you wanna eat less, we have to get good at being able to change how you feel. And that is gonna make the biggest impact on how much you ultimately end up eating. So we start with the body. And so to relax, it's easy enough. It just takes some practice. And then it takes remembering to do it when we're going to eat. But so what you want to do is you want to just relax everything, especially starting with your shoulders, your chest, your stomach, your face, and then take a deep breath. And you slow that out. I mean, simply, you know this, you've done this your whole life. You just need to practice it more and to do it when you're about to eat. And so we start with the physiology. We relax and calm down. Then we go into the psychology, what we're saying to ourselves. And this part's really important as well. So the first thing is we wanna bring the relaxation down, calm down, and then we wanna remind ourselves there's plenty of food. A lot of times, this is biological, is that when we start to eat, we always have this deep instinctual feeling that there's not gonna be enough food. And so we just wanna keep eating because we don't know if there's gonna be any food after that, right? And it's, again, that's hardwired into us. We evolved in a food scarce environment. So when you wanna start dealing with portion control, you wanna recognize, again, what everything's really aiming at here is reducing the stress, the tension, the anxiety that a lot of times we're experiencing. Now, sometimes that's just life coming at us, you know, and things are stressful, but a whole other huge part of it, again, is this biological piece where it always feels like we're never gonna have enough food because again, that's how we've evolved. So what we need to do is we need to counterbalance that with the message, there's plenty of food. If I'm hungry after this, I can always eat more. I'm not gonna starve, I'm gonna be completely satisfied and fine, I'm gonna be great. And so we wanna remind ourselves of that as well. And it's very interesting once you start paying attention to what you're actually saying to yourself because you will realize you say some irrational, stressful things. But again, when you understand that it comes from our evolutionary um, you know, creation, it makes more sense. So this is how you want to practice portion control, right? In addition to some of the specific tactics you hear, you know, eat with a smaller plate, right? That's definitely helpful. Um, don't fill up your plate, you know, if you eat some, and then if you want more, get more. Okay. So again, a big secret is don't put a bunch on your plate. Um, if you put a lot of food in your plate, it's so much harder not to finish it all. Okay. So again, take smaller portions um, because that's going to help you as well. But those are things you already know most likely. The main thing that's going to be the biggest difference of all is how you feel, okay? And so start paying attention to that and understand this is a practice, okay? So you might do this at first. You might realize, wow, when I sit down to eat, I'm really tense and stressed. And if that's the case, this is a practice, okay? You're not Just because you watch this doesn't mean all of a sudden tomorrow you, you can be relaxed and calm when you're eating. 
It's something that you develop and get better at over time. But when you get better at this specific ability, this has a transformational effect on your weight because when you start eating in a more calm, relaxed way, where you feel secure, where you know there's enough food, you tend to eat less food naturally. And this could potentially cut 20, 30% of your calories out. You know what I mean? 10, 15, 20, 30% of your calories out, which is gonna lead to pretty substantial weight loss in a very, very easy and comfortable way. Because again, not only are you eating less, but you feel more relaxed and calm, you feel better. All right, so keep this in mind, practice it, and I hope it helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Um, see all these things going by. And we'll see if anyone's got any questions on a Friday. Losing weight on a Friday, who wants to talk about that, right? <laughs> we'll talk about it in a fun way. Let's see what do we got here. Yeah, we're moving in. If you can tell my voice is a little off. Still recovering from COVID, so... Uh, I am uh, almost back to 100%, but not quite, quite. Um, G says, I love when I come on here and I can hear you talk. You're soothing and love what you have to say. Thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. I know my, my voice doesn't feel soothing to me right now because it's, I don't know, maybe it sounds better. My voice says it sounded back to normal almost, but I can just keep hearing, hearing my voice in my head. It's making me nuts. What's up, Astrid? How's it going? How are you doing? <laughs> the banana. I haven't even eaten a banana all week. I got some bananas last week, and I don't know what's going on, but I got these bananas, and they're, they're strange. They're strange bananas. What do I mean by that? They're like they're like extra firm, even though they're ripe. It's kind of weird. And uh, so I just got new bananas, and they're so green, I won't be eating them for another two weeks. So, <laughs> you know, you made me miss my bananas. I love eating bananas. Um Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. It's soothing in a way of knowing what I'm doing is moving in the right direction. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. The content of what I'm saying. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. That's what I try to get on here for. Cause I always think that like, what a weird thing in the world. You know, we live in a world where the weight loss industry is this, I don't know. They say it's $65 billion. I don't know. You get into these numbers. I don't really know what they mean anymore, but it's this enormous industry, obviously, right? The weight loss one. And yet no one's ever telling you how to get yourself to do what you want to do, right? Every, everyone is telling you what to do and no one's showing you how to get yourself to do it. So I feel like I try and fill that void and I try and reinforce what, what you kind of already know. Like, I know you know a lot of this stuff. You just never apply it to weight loss, right? When it comes to like almost any other thing in life that like you want to get good at, you will have a longer term time frame. You'll understand that you're going to make mistakes. You'll learn from them. You'll grow. You'll evolve. You'll get better over time. And uh, that's how it goes, right? That's pretty much how you approach everything in your life that you want to get better at. But then there's weight loss, right? And, and with weight loss, it's like you're going to start on one day, right? All, all of a sudden, this magical Monday is going to show up and you are magically just going to act completely different starting that day all the way till you reach your goal weight. And it's, it's the weirdest thing in the world. It really makes no sense, but um, you know, here we are. Humans don't make a lot of sense sometimes, but uh, when it comes to dieting, it's really not your fault. It's a a lifetime, all of us, a lifetime of being conditioned to think about weight loss like a dieter. I mean, literally millions and millions of ads you've seen um, for weight loss, and every single one of them is conditioning you to think wrong. And so, yeah, I'm glad you say that because that's what I'm here for is to try and reinforce the obvious logical common sense path that's going to get you the results you want you know it's really not as hard as you think you know weight loss really is not that hard 
It's really not. Like you're making it hard if you're a, if you're thinking like a dieter, you're making it way harder. Because why? Because you think all or nothing, right? Now think about all or nothing. No one ever thinks about this part of it. People look, oh, I'm all or nothing. I'm all. you know you're all or nothing. But let's think about why that makes weight loss so much harder. If you're nothing, and you got to go to be all, that's an enormous jump, right? It's really difficult to go from here to here. But that's how you approach weight loss. Right. So I always use this metaphorically. It's like if you never played the piano and you want to play the piano, you go from nothing, never playing it to I want to get good real quick. So I'm going to play 10 hours a day. Okay, (laughs) that's a a shitty plan, though, because after the first day, your fingers be cramped up. You're going to hate the piano. That's not a good plan. (laughs) So it's not just that the piano is hard to play. It's that you're making it extra hard by the way you're approaching it. Right. So that's the same thing with the weight loss. You're making it so difficult because you are only thinking about it in this all or nothing way, you know? And so program yourself, then we do the all or something way, you know, where, yeah, sure, you can be all sometimes, but most of the time, guess what you're gonna be? Something, something, tough shit. <laughs> That's just the reality, right? Because then here we are coming up to the holidays. What are you gonna be, perfect with your plan? You're gonna go through the holidays and not eat any carbs? You're gonna eat any sugar during the holidays? Oh yeah, oh yeah? <laughs> If you could do that, you wouldn't even have a weight issue. If you had this magical willpower that you keep thinking you have, you wouldn't even have a weight issue to begin with. So what, all of a sudden, the holidays, you're just not getting any carbs, no sugar? Okay, let me know how it goes, you know? Now, what's the alternative? Eat some sugar and carbs. You can eat sugar and carbs and lose weight, folks. Can you believe it? You know, that's the other part of the diet thing is I always trying to sell you the plan like it's 100% gotta be this way. You can't have any carbs. Ketosis? Are you kidding me with ketosis, please? You know, that's a diet that was designed for epileptics. There's no society that's living in ketosis. You know, maybe some Eskimo um, populations live in ketosis part of the year because they're just eating whale blubber. There's no society that's living in ketosis. Give me a shit. Come on. It's just this overreaction. It's this diet mentality. This weight loss industry is constantly pushing this shit down our throats. But anyway, so I love to be a, a, a counterpoint to all that. Astrid, I'm on track. I love to hear that, Astrid. It was great talking yesterday. And, and Astrid, I, I'm proud of you. That, that's awesome. Astrid's in the program. So um, yeah, everyone's pushing products, but not really giving the mental tools that you give. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And, and it's true. It's just true. No one ever really talks about the mindset. And, you know, I don't know if... um. You know, programming yourself then started from me. I learned neurolinguistic programming, NLP, which is really the science of modeling, finding someone who's got the results you want and figuring out how they got them. And it's not just about what they did. Okay, so a dieter says, oh, just tell me what you ate. Tell me what you ate, I'll do it. No, you won't. But anyways, <laughs> but it's not just about what they ate and how they exercised. It's how did you, this was the conversations I had. What, what motivated you? How did you change this? How did you go from being this version of yourself to this version of yourself? And I would always speak with people that not only lost weight, but people that lost weight and kept it off for two years. And you very quickly start to notice patterns in terms of how they think, not just what they do, because they all did different stuff. They all had different strategies, you know, uh, diet philosophies and exercise philosophies that they would do. But um, you start to notice the same pattern of how they were thinking and how they were approaching things. That's where things got really interesting. And that's what I try to teach people is those that side of the, the equation there. Yeah. Let's see. 
Leanne says, hi, I've lost 15 pounds in two months with the help of your videos. That's awesome. I'll take a screenshot of that. I got to put this. Um, oh, shit. There we go. Uh, I tried to take a screenshot and I turned my phone off instead. Um, that's awesome, Leanne. Great job. That's so good. 15 pounds in two months. That's very good. All right. And if you're watching my videos and using my approach, then I know that's been easy and comfortable. So the beauty, and I want to remind this for you, is that when you approach it this way, it's not how fast the weight loss comes off. You've got to look at your weight loss. There's two sides to the equation, okay? There's how fast you can lose weight, but then there's the process you're using to lose the weight and how comfortable and enjoyable that process is. See, most people, when it comes to dieting, they're so fixated on the fast weight loss that they go, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I'll do, I don't care. I'll do anything. Just tell me what I got to do and I'll, so I can lose the weight quick, which isn't true, but, but okay. But you have to look at the process side of it. Y'all know, I mean, if you really want to lose weight the fastest possible, I don't know, just drink water and eat carrots and you'll lose weight quick. You already know that, but you don't want to do it because it sucks, right? So we've got to take into account the process. I don't understand this. I don't understand this obsession with ignoring what the process is, right? And that's what most dieters are doing. I don't give a shit what I got to do. I'll do whatever I need to do. I just want to lose the weight quick. Well, if that was true, you wouldn't have a weight issue because you would have done what you need to do to lose the weight. So you very clearly care what you have to do to lose the weight, okay? And, and of course you do. It's your fucking life. It's your life, right? So what are you going to do? Like just go through life hating what you eat all day and being miserable? Like of course not, you know? So we got to find a balance. And when we start looking towards the process piece of it, how can we make the process more enjoyable, easier, more comfortable? All of a sudden, we start optimizing that so that it's not just about how fast we lose the weight, but it's about how easy it was to do it. And that's the magic formula because now two months turns into two years. And next thing you know, not only are you at your goal weight, but you've been there for a while and you anticipate being there forever because you love how you're living, you know? And that's the, that's the piece that a lot of people kind of overlook. But great job, Leon. That's that's a big, big deal. That's a great job. Yeah, Karen, how's it going? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot better. A lot better. Holy macaroni. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I know we, me and Karen had COVID the same same time here. A lot of my family had it. I had it kind of the worst. My wife had it pretty bad. But uh holy macaroni. It was it was intense. I would say that the biggest thing for me that was different than like even a flu, beyond the fact that I was I was cold for a week, like just always had the chills and cold and I was very tired though. That was the big thing. Just so tired. And I'm finally starting to feel like I got more energy. So I'm excited about that. So I definitely feel better waiting for my voice to get back to 100% because I got some, I got a lot of recording I want to do. So I'm excited. I, I think, I, I don't know if you were here yesterday when I said that, Karen, but I'm re, re-recording the program, the um, the program self Thin Technique. So I'm really excited about that and the blueprints. So I should have those recorded next week and they'll be up in the members area for you guys once those are done. Um, Astrid says, I feel more calm now. Great, Astrid. You, yeah, just this is real quick to Astrid, though. Astrid, do you want to chase the calmness? You know what I mean? Like, the calmness is the main thing you're after. The, this is true for all of you. I guess you can all listen on in this. If you chase feeling better instead of weight loss, you'll probably lose weight anyways. And if you don't lose weight, you put yourself in a good position to start losing weight. Does that make sense? Because a lot of you, the core reason you're struggling with your weight is obviously because you're struggling with your eating. And you're struggling with your eating because you're stressed, you're tense, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're frustrated. And so the more calm and relaxed you get, 
the easier it is to, I mean, most of the time you'll naturally start eating better and start losing weight, like just naturally. You know, I'll give you the secret. The big reason why hypnosis is helpful, at least in the short term, um, for, for helping people lose weight is because it calms them down. You know, outside of even the suggestions that you're given, just the fact that for a lot of people, when I would hypnotize them, they listen to my sessions, it's the most relaxed they've been, usually in their lives, and almost always, it's the most relaxed they've been in decades. And so if you think about yourself and you think about being more relaxed and calm, just that alone is going to cause you to eat less typically and make healthier food choices. So that's one of the easiest ways to really master your weight. So great job, Astrid. Chase that calm, especially for you, because that's going to lead to you losing weight as well. Um, he says, facts, went to Disney and walked so much and ate McDonald's entire time and lost six pounds. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Um, Jody says, Jim, can you stare at a candle during meditation and concentrate on breath or am I cheating? Um, no, no, you're not cheating at all. That's a, that's absolutely a meditation. Um, the candle meditation I've done. I used to do that a long time ago. You just reminded me of that. I used to love that meditation. Actually, that was, that was, that was one of my favorite meditations. I've done that in so long. So no, um, I'm going to do that one. I haven't done that in a while. Now, that being said, I prefer, I like, I like the closed eye meditation because, and we'll talk about this, Jody, um, because as you, you know, obviously, obviously the meditation is this path you walk. You know what I mean? It's one of these things where you get better and better at it as you do it. It's a skill, you know? Um, and I think it's fun to play with different meditations to find out which one works best for you, you know? So me personally, I like eyes closed because I think it helps me bring more attention awareness inside my body and my mind, you know? And um, that helps me. But, you know, when I look at meditation too, I look at it in a more practical way. You know, so I want to make that, that's clear, you know, everyone's got different goals for why they may meditate, you know, and so someone who has more of a spiritual or Zen, you know, focus on the whole thing might have different goals than I have. My goals typically are more practical. Uh, I want to, I'm a tense, I'm tense, I'm stressed, I'm a stressed person by nature. And I'm looking to calm that all down. So that's kind of my main goal. I'm not really looking to achieve enlightenment. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't really have any spiritual backings behind my meditations it's basically a counterpoint to hypnosis hypnosis and meditation brainwave wise they've put people in in fmr chambers to scan their brains and meditation hypnosis are very similar brain states but they're used for different purposes so with hypnosis we're intentionally visualizing or giving ourselves auditory suggestions basically we're we're going into that state and then imagining things that we want to have happen you know, and so when we say, you know, when you get suggestions and hypnosis, when you visualize things in your mind, you're basically giving yourself suggestions. You're using your imagination um, to imagine yourself acting the way you want or achieving the things you want to achieve. Okay. With the meditation, a lot of times, now this is my version of meditation. There's a lot of meditations out there. Although those meditations, um, I'm looking to quiet, quiet down in there, right? Get it really quiet inside of myself. And, uh, so I'm not, I, I do very nonverbal meditation. Some people use a mantra. I use a very nonverbal form where I'm just looking to develop my attention. Hope that makes sense, but we'll talk about it, but you're not cheating. Anything you're doing is helping you out. So there is no cheating during it. Um, 
<laughs> How's your banana Greek yogurt? Yep, it's funny. Um, yeah, it's been so much easier to do it in a healthy way. I love it. That's great, Leanne. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, doing it in a healthy way is nice. Again, when you aim at, when you, I, I said this, to, I had a private client and, and this was a turning point for her because she was obsessed with weight loss and has been for a long time. And I said, listen, this isn't about weight loss. This is about feeling better. And I think that's such a profound shift. You know, when you, when you get yourself off the number on the scale or the size, because that number is really meaningless to some degree. And so we want to shift it over to how you want to feel. When you start thinking about, again, I want to say this, you want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development so that you start describing your weight loss, not as I want to lose X amount of pounds. I want to get to X amount of pounds. It starts becoming, I want to be the best version of myself possible. What's the best version of me that I can possibly be? And one piece of that is weighing what you want to weigh, but there's so much more to it, right? The best version of you is probably more calm and relaxed. The best version of you probably has more balanced and positive moods, less negative moods. Um, the best version of you probably has more energy, more you know, kind of oomph and, and ability to live the life you want to live, um, has more ability to take action and do the things you want to do, you know? So it's, we want to give it more context, more meaning. And I think one way to do that, again, is you wrap your weight loss and put it in personal development so that it's all about becoming the best version of you possible. And I think you're going to find that you're able to tap into way more motivation that way. All right, so, so that's great. Um, that's awesome. Astrid, yeah. So, yeah, and Astrid, we were talking, I'll just give you a little bit of a hint what we're talking about. Because it's so like this, you know, a lot of times, again, because it's all or nothing for people with weight loss, typically what happens is they try and fix everything all at once and you can't do that. And so then, you know, you, you can change everything all at once for a day or two or maybe a week and then you can't keep it up and you revert right back to what you started with. Okay. So what we want to do a lot of times to change our eating. Now, of course, this requires that you have a longer time frame which you probably don't have <laughs> unless you listen to me. If you're a dieter, you think about weight loss like a, a nanosecond, right? Let me give you the spiel. M most dieters think about weight loss like it's a sprint, right? You think about it as a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. So you think about it like a sprint. And when you think about a sprint, like if you're going to run a sprint, it needs to be, you need to be perfect in order to win that race, right? You trip a little bit running a sprint, you've lost, okay? Now, if you trip a little bit running a marathon, you can make up for it. But you think about your weight loss like it's a sprint. You think about it as a very short-term thing. I always say, you know, dieters think about their weight loss in terms of days, weeks, and hours. <laughs> I don't know. Um, weight masters think about their weight loss in terms of months, years, and decades, and forever. Okay? So that short-term thinking is a huge problem for most dieters because any little mistake you make feels catastrophic, you know? And so, and there's such a rush, so you got to fix everything all at once. And so... Um, what we want to do is we want to start extending that time frame, right? And we extend it by the question, how long you want to keep the weight off for? Forever, right? Okay. So what's your rush? What are you rushing for? You know, honestly, what's the rush? You know what I mean? You're so impatient with your weight loss. And if we look, how much weight you lost last six months, last year? How much weight you lost in 2023 with your rushed? If, I, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it perfect so I can lose weight quickly. How is that working out for you? You know, you got to cut the shit with that and you got to start thinking longer term. And once you do, now you can be more strategic. Imagine that, you know, because you're rarely, you're not strategic with your weight loss. You're not, you're tactical. You got one tactic. Okay. It's starting tomorrow. No more carbs, no more sugar. 
1,200 calories. I'm going to count my points. I'm not going to eat for 16 hours. You got one tactic, and you're going to do it perfectly starting tomorrow until you lose the weight. Or are you? <laughs> right? So anyways, with Aster, we break it down, right? We break it down and realize, you know, as usual, this is a very common thing. The problem isn't the afternoon nighttime eating. The problem was the, the breakfast eating, you know, and now she understands that and it, it's calming. It makes you feel like you got some foundation under you, some, oh, now I get it. When you try and fix everything all at once, it's overwhelming and you never learn anything, you know? Jaylen says, all I think about is food every day, all day. Um, yeah. I get that. Uh, you know, listen, the first thing is, well, let me say this, because I like to say this every single day, because I think it's important for you to understand. Because I do this, I get on here and do these podcasts every day for free, because I, well, first of all, I think weight, to me, weight's life and death. You know, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. And so to me, it's not just about looking better in a bathing suit. It's about living as long as you possibly can. Okay. That being said, the second part of it is your quality of life. I find most dieters walking around hating themselves, so angry at themselves, you know, because they're not getting the results they want. And I get on here specifically because I want you to understand it's not your fault. It's you're not struggling because you don't have enough willpower. You're struggling because you have a shitty plan, which is to say you have really no plan to lose weight. And all you're doing is you're referencing diets. And it's, again, it's not your fault. You've been conditioned to think this way your whole life. Um, and all the diets you're referencing are all owned by the food companies. Would you trust the McDonald's? McDonald's put a diet out. Would you trust that diet, right? If Coca-Cola put a diet out, would you trust it? I hope not, right? But all the big diets that you're referencing subconsciously are all owned by big food companies. Weight Watchers is owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast is owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want to get you coming and going. And as a hypnotist, I can tell you that if I wanted to create a sneaky plan that seemed like it was going to help you lose weight but actually wasn't going to help you lose weight, I would create a diet. Because one thing you want to know about your subconscious mind is it doesn't understand negatives. Okay? So if I tell you, I'll give you an example of this, right? Because I want you to not think about what I'm about to say. Don't think about, don't think about what I'm about to say, okay? Are you ready? Okay. Don't think about a banana. Do not think about a banana. Don't think about a yellow banana, right? And so you're thinking about a banana. So what's a diet do? When you go on a diet, what are you thinking about? Yeah, right? Uh, Don, I'm not going to eat ice cream today. I'm not going to eat cookies today. Okay, no chips today. No chips today. Okay, I'm going to do good. I'm not, no chips today. No chips today. No candy. No candy today. No candy, right? So what are you thinking about? What are you focusing on, right? These diets get you obsessively fixated on the foods that are causing the weight problem in the first place. And you wonder why you got food noise issues. You know, in addition to the 10,000 ads a day we see of food, I mean, that, that's a part of it too. Um, but the worst part is when you're trying to be healthier, you're even more focusing on those foods and you don't even realize it. So yeah, all I think about is food every day, all day. Now, specifically what I think you mean is all I do is think about unhealthy food every day, all day. Because if you think about healthy food all day, every day, it's not as big of a problem, right? If all day long you're thinking about salads and apples and carrots and vegetables and fruits and greens and beans, like you're probably going to be okay. So I'm going to assume what you're talking about is I'm thinking about, you know, the, the unhealthier foods, right? The fatting foods. Um, and so that's a big question. I get it. So I'll give you a couple quick answers. 
Well, first off, please, if you haven't yet, go to my bio. If you're on TikTok, click on the bio, go to the hip, get the hypnosis session I give you and watch the training I give you. It's all free. Okay. And that will help you explain what to do, Jay Lynn. Um, Because right now I just got a quick suggestions for you. So the first thing is, is start eating healthier food. Work to reduce and eat less unhealthy food. Unhealthy food is very addicting. Okay. So it's like people say, well, I think about cocaine all day. If you're a cocaine addict, yeah, well, yeah, you're kind of addicted to it, right? I think about cigarettes all day. So the more addictive substance we put in our body, the more we're training ourselves and we're going to be fixated on that substance as well. Okay, so that's a piece of it. But start eating healthier foods, start reducing some unhealthy foods. You already know that. Um, The other one is start relaxing more. Sometimes when we relax more, that helps us take better control of our mindset. But our mind's going to think on something. So it's not helpful to say, for me to sit here and say, well, stop thinking about food. That, that would be pointless, okay? So again, I'm not saying don't think about food. I'm saying start focusing on healthier food. And you may find that helps. And please watch the training. I give you a lot more suggestions. Um, Karen, so I'm feeling better, but if I stand too long, I feel faint. Yeah, I hear you. My head felt very weird with the COVID thing, for sure. Yeah, I get you, Karen. I hope you feel better soon. I, I feel a lot better today, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I can't wait for the new stuff. You really changed my life. It's amazing. That's awesome, Karen. And I'm going to reach out to you next week. I was going to do that this week, but um, I, w- I want to talk to you and, and get an interview from you. That'll be cool. Uh, not the banana. Always the banana. I know. I always want to say something different. Yeah. Great, Astrid. One meal at a time. Right? Exactly. It is one meal at a time. It really is. When you take it one meal at a time, it becomes much, much easier. Much, much easier. Um, oof, been thinking I can't have candy today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Vicky? Um, good to hear you're feeling better. I do feel a lot better. Oh, my God. It's, it's like I woke up today and I was like, holy shit, it's been a week. You know, I, I'm like really having it. It's a week of feeling like shit. Oh, my God. You sound better. Well, thank you. I'm glad I sound better. Not better enough to like, I was going to make some videos and some, I think that's part of me being a little lazy too, but I got other work I got to do anyways. But um, I'm not going to record. I, I have recorded programs with a slight like stuffiness and I can years later, I, it makes me crazy. So I will wait till next week. But, uh, yeah, that's the plan. Um, I can't have candy today. That's so funny. I know it's like, boy, I have fun with that. Right folks. I mean, when we try and like, like when you're trying to like not eat that thing, it's, isn't it? It's torturous, isn't it? And that's why I always talk about this subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. I think it's so helpful to know that because otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're literally cranking up the cravings, you know, literally. Um, There's a lot of sneaky ways to kind of deal with that, but you got to understand the mind first. That's why I say, go get, watch the training. I always say this, that, you know, I'm not saying like hypnosis to me, my, my take on it and take what you want. I'm one of the highest paid hypnotists on the planet, (laughs) but this is my take on it. That I think the most valuable piece of hypnosis, in my opinion, is the understanding of how hypnosis works. So it's it's not the suggestions. It's not the giving of suggestions. It's not hypnotic trance. It's not hypnotic phenomena. It's the understanding how hypnosis works because we all have... Well, we all got our brains. We know that, but we got a conscious and a subconscious mind and understanding that dynamic. 
it's not the most scientific explanation. You know what I mean? Like I've studied neuroscience. It's it, there's way deeper explanations of the brain, but they're so deep and granular that they end up meaning nothing. They're not practical. And so the value of hypnosis is that it's a simple way to understand how at least two parts of your brain work, right? You got this conscious part of your brain, which is really your prefrontal cortex. It's the newest part of your brain. This is the logical, rational part of your brain. And this is the part of your brain that knows what you should do to lose weight, um, knows why you should lose weight, uh, tries to get you to do it. This is where your willpower is at, okay? And then there's another part of your brain, which is the subconscious mind. And this is the part of your mind that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And again, we don't have to go into the depths, the weeds of, of neuroscience. We can just say, look at your own life, okay? Let's look at something like riding a bike, Right? Well, I was, oh my God, you could ride a bike. Once you know how to ride a bike, you know how to ride it for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's true. But let's think about that for a second because it's kind of fascinating. When you were learning to ride it, it was a prefrontal cortex conscious mind behavior, right? You're trying, okay, I got to push this pedal and I keep my feet here and I got to do this and you're trying to talk yourself through it. And it's very uncoordinated and, and you're falling and all the rest of it. And then you keep at it and eventually you finally get it. Well, what's getting it? What's that mean? You know? In my world, it means it went from a conscious activity to a subconscious activity, and now you just run it automatically, which is to say that all the things you really know how to do are all subconscious behaviors and programs, okay? And so when it comes to weight loss, all of your eating, the way you eat, when you eat, where you eat, what you eat, how you eat, all of these things are all subconscious. You do them on autopilot. You don't have to think about them. You just do them. You got eating patterns, right? All of a sudden it's eight o'clock. Oh, I think I should have some ice cream. You didn't have to remind yourself of that. It just happened, right? So your, your weight is dictated by your subconscious mind. When you're not thinking about food, when you're not focusing on dieting and all this stuff, your weight stays pretty much the same. You know, I, I think this is so important to understand because what we get to is this, this thing where your weight is controlled by your subconscious mind. It's automated. Just like you write with one hand. You could write with the other hand, but you didn't practice with that hand. You know everything logically, intellectually there is to know about writing, but you can only do it with one hand. Subconsciously, you can only do it with one hand. And so when it comes to changing your weight, what do you do when you want to lose weight? You use your conscious mind to fight against your subconscious mind. right? So you got all your automatic eating behaviors, and now you consciously say, that's it, we're changing them. No more of that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. But what happens is, these are all your automatic behaviors. So now you're trying to consciously dictate every little thing you're doing. And what ends up happening is you can do it for a couple days, maybe, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, once in a decade, maybe. And then all of a sudden what happens? You get bored, sick, distracted, and what happens? You go right back to what you always did, right? And so it feels like that weight, that being overweight feels like, like a thermostat, right? It's like you're, you're stuck there. People say, oh, that's my set point. Well, your set point's not physical, it's mental. Your, your weight is a reflection of your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And trying to fight against it consciously is never gonna fix it long-term. Let me reframe it a little bit. Everyone, you, you all got like an overweight mindset. You got an overweight mindset and a diet mindset. And your overweight mindset's your normal, natural way of being. When you're not really focused on food or whatever, you're just doing what you're doing, this overweight mindset is keeping you overweight. And then sometimes you get real upset and then you say, okay, I'm going to diet. And you fight against your overweight mindset. 
But the problem becomes you only got two mindsets, an overweight one and a diet one. And even if you get the diet one down to where your goal weight is, you still the same problem exists. That you still don't know how to think like a thin and healthy person. And until you learn how to think like a thin and healthy person, I don't, I don't know what's going to change long term. You know, you're going to be stuck in this never ending cycle of fighting against yourself for a little while and then going back to being overweight, fighting against yourself for a little while, back to overweight, because you're never changing your subconscious programming. You're never programming your subconscious mind to think, live, and eat like a naturally thin person. You never even think about it this way, you know, but it makes more sense when you do. And it gives you a lot more ability to change things because you're going right to the source of the problem. When you're dieting, you're just fighting against it. Um, I saw a real case of the man flu. I did have a case of it. Uh, what's up, Azra? My diet was going so well until I woke up at 3 a.m. last night and ate everything in sight. Any tips? Yeah, my tips are stop dieting. Um, that This is happening all the time to people, you know? Don't take my word for it, but I mean, like, look at your own experience. How many times can you, because what, when you wake up at 3 a.m., that one's, that to me is instructive of, Azra, you probably have strong willpower for a little bit. You probably over, your, your diet was going so well means I was restricting so well. <laughs> I was fighting against myself so good. And then I woke up at 3 and ate everything. Yeah, because then you, you, you're, your body's so hungry. It's like, okay, the defenses are down. Let's go. <laughs> Wake up. Let's hit the fridge. She's sleeping. Let's go. You know? And it's like, I, I get that all the time with people. I, that, that nighttime feeding thing, you know? It's, um, I, it's not always, but almost always, that nighttime feeding thing is like, it's a response to, it's, it's a response to over-restricting. So I'll give you the spiel. The, the most common pattern I see from dieters is they will, they'll, uh, I was just talking to you, Azra. I, I just saw you just joined, so I don't know if you saw my... <laughs> Maybe it's good that you weren't here. I've got to bust your chops a bit. Um... No, okay, see, there we go, right? Yeah, so Jody's in the program, but she used to do that every night between 12 and 3 in the morning, right? So thankful for the program, right? Um, yeah, 3 done. Yeah, I, feel, I fight against eating, and when I get home, it's candy time, right? This is what I mean. Okay, so let me talk about this then, right? Because I think this, this, I know this applies to a lot of people because this is the most common diet thing I hear is people come to me and say, Jim, breakfast and lunch are going great, uh, but then afternoon and dinner, the wheels come off the bus. Everything falls apart. It's candy time, right? It's pizza time. It's cookie time, whatever, right? And they say, can, can you help me right, right with here? And I say, well, what are you eating for breakfast and lunch? Okay, let's start there. That's going good. What, what are you eating there? Nothing. Okay. Um. What, what do you, you want to do the rest of the day? You don't want to eat anything either? That'd be great. Okay. You know what I mean? That, that's like the most, um, the, the, the diet mindset, right? In a nutshell. I just want to stop eating completely. Okay. So, um, so people are like, well, you know, the problem is here. The problem's in the afternoon and night. No, it's not. The problem's in the morning. The problem's in breakfast and lunch when you're not nourishing yourself. Because what's happening is you're getting yourself so hungry that you can't fight against the hunger anymore. And now you're overeating. And I've seen people repeat this process 10, 20, 30 years of their lives and not get it. you just like, oh, well, tomorrow I won't eat in the afternoon and night. Yes, you will. Because guess what? You're a human being and you need food. You need food to operate. You know, listen, here's the deal. You wake up in the morning, your willpower is at its highest point of the day and your hunger is usually at its lowest point. 
And so people say, oh, fuck it. I'm not eating breakfast. Well, screw dinner, screw lunch too. But now we get to like one in the afternoon. And now the hunger is up here and the willpower is down here. And now this is where the problem starts, right? <laughs> it just goes like that. And once you're really, really hungry and your willpower is gone, forget it, you're going to overeat. Now let's talk about willpower for a second because here's another one. Now I tell you this stuff, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. Like, I get so frustrated because... You know, like if you're even listening to this, you've probably been trying to lose weight for 10, 20, 30 years. And you're a smart person. I know that. You wouldn't be here listening to me if you weren't. And yet you don't know anything about your brain. You you have zero strategy. You don't know anything about weight loss. Like you don't. You've got a collection of tactics at best. Oh, I got to stop eating carbs. I got to stop eating sugar. I got to cut my calories down to 1,200. I can't eat for 16 hours. I can only eat one meal a day. You got what you got a, a collection of tactics, but there's no real granular understanding of how can I live as a thin, healthy person, you know, and that goes right to willpower. Let's talk about willpower. The main thing you've been relying on, the main thing you think between you right now and your goal weight is willpower and you don't know shit about willpower. <laughs> So I'm not saying this to, I'm not beating you up here. I'm trying to point out that you have no fucking plan. And so there's no way in the world that you'll ever get to your goal weight. Cause you're like, you're trying to get to a town three hours away that you've never been to. And you have no map that that's you. And you can't even get out of town. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you, you have no idea what to do. And so I'd say this to you at, at an act of love that you, you, you're failing to lose weight and live at your goal weight because you have literally no plan. You have no strategy to the point that you do not even understand what willpower is. Most people intuitively think of willpower as if it's this non-physical thing. It's like, like your soul, right? What do you think willpower is? You know, there's books on willpower, by the way, I'd suggest you read them. Roy Bomeister wrote the book on it. Might be helpful if you read it and understood willpower because you're not understanding it and you're expecting way too much out of your willpower. Okay? Well, listen, willpower is just, think of it like a muscle. It's a prefrontal cortex process. Okay? So it's, it's, let's just think of it metaphorically like it's a muscle. Do you have a muscle in your body that you can just keep using and using and using and using and it never tires out? Do you? <laughs> Of course not, right? So you use your muscle, what happens? It gets spent, it gets exhausted, and it needs to recover. Your willpower is the same thing. And how about this one? Your willpower, which is created by your prefrontal cortex, your prefrontal cortex is the thing that makes you a human being with the ability to reflect on yourself and plan and strategize. And it is where your willpower is, but it's the most energy-intensive part of your brain. What does that mean? Well, guess what it uses for energy? Glucose. Guess where the glucose comes from? The food you eat. So what do you think happens when you starve yourself of food? You, you, let's put it in a different metaphor. It's like if you were going to run a marathon or do something physically taxing. Do you think the best way to prepare for that would be to not eat? Is that what you want to do? The next time you got a lot of physical work to do, do you think a good idea is to not eat? Why not? Because you wouldn't have any energy, right? Okay, but let's talk about weight loss. You're going to starve yourself and you're going to rely on the willpower to keep starving yourself, but the willpower requires food. Uh-oh. Well, you got yourself in a pickle, right? And on top of that, when you get really hungry, the state of being really hungry, have you ever thought about that? 
Your entire physiology, your entire neurology starts focusing on food. You start to see every little bit of food in your vision. You can smell people cooking um, you know, barbecue from 10 miles away. You can hear your neighbors opening up potato chip bags. Every cell of your body starts screaming for nutrition. Your hormones dip. <laughs> Biochemically, you start to change, and all that matters to you is food. And now your willpower disappears too. So how are you going to keep starving yourself when you're in that state? So it makes no sense. So in Program Yourself, then we manage, manage your hunger. You cannot get yourself really, really hungry and then manage your eating. If you could, you wouldn't be watching this because you'd be at your goal weight. It's, you can't do it. You need to be strategic. So Azra, yeah, that's why you're, you're dieting. But Azra, listen, so I, you've been here. So that's why I'm talking to you with love. The, the diet wasn't going well. Okay, a diet, you can't consider a diet going well, folks, until you've been doing it for six months. How about that? That's your new rule. Because who gives a shit? Who cares if you could starve yourself? The water fast, I'll get it. I'll get it here eventually. What do you, Jim, what do you think about water fasting? I think it's stupid. What, what sense does water fasting make? Who the hell wants, water fast for a month, go ahead, and lose 20 pounds, and then put it all back on the next month. Let me know how you're feeling, you know? Let me know how your psychology is after you do that to yourself, you know? So um, I would say the fact that you got up at 3 a.m. and ate is proof that the diet was not going well. But that's me. Jody, that's funny. That happened to you too. But that's a common thing. Again, a lot of people do that. So if you're all, if you feel like everything was going great and then I lost it, was it going great? Was it going great? Why? Because you were able to like white knuckle it for, for a day, for three days, for a week. Ugh, I don't need anything today. All right, another day. I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm going to bed. All right, another successful day. Is that a successful day? Because how long you keep that up for? Is there anything worse, folks, than losing weight and then putting it all back on? I mean, you've all done it. You know, people walk around acting like the weight loss. So let me back it up here. You all know this. But it's like, you don't want to lose weight. Okay, cut the shit. Stop saying that. You don't want to lose weight. You've lost weight before. You put it back on. Are you happy you lost the weight before? Are you like, oh man, I'm so glad 10 years ago I lost that 50 pounds and put it back on. But I'm glad I lost it. I'm so glad I lost it. It was great. Or are you like, are you mad at yourself if you put the weight back on? Okay? So you don't want to lose weight. You want to get to your goal weight and you want to live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. You should tattoo that on your brain. That's the goal. In order to do that, you got to manage your hunger. You can't get yourself all starving. There's nothing worse than throwing you wildly off track than, than starving yourself. Um, Tree Dunham says, I have a hard time keeping hydrated and that probably amps up my sweets craving. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hydration is so important, right? You all know this if you know me. In Program Yourself, then we talk, we have a lifestyle piece of, of the puzzle, which is so important. Um, but the lifestyle and order of importance of habits, proper sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, Nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, okay? And so hydration is extremely important. A, when you're dehydrated, a lot of times your body misinterprets it as hunger. Um, second, a lot of times when you're dehydrated, your body's more sore. That cranks up cravings. And when you're dehydrated, your brain's not operating on all cylinders. So it's harder to think clearly. It's harder to get your behaviors going in the direction you really want them to go in because you're just more impulsive, you know? So yeah, focus on the hydration, um, Vicky says, we uh, we know about weight loss, but not weight maintenance or weight mastery. That's where you come in. Thank you, Vicky. That's true, right? Exactly. 
Ezra says, thank you. But Ezra, learn from that though. You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. It's not a problem. Like when you go and you try your diet thing, you do whatever you're going to do. Um, fine. But then you go and you do that, Ezra, and you look back and you say, what happened there? How, how was it when I went to bed? Was I over-restricting? If you're over-restricting, you learn from things. I'm not going to over-restrict now because what's the point? I'm going to get up at three in the morning and binge. And you don't have to get up at three in the morning and binge. What typically happens is people binge in the afternoon and night because you're starving yourself. I'm never starving myself. I wake up and within an hour I've eaten and I'm managing my hunger all day long. I'm just, I'm going from, because now I've optimized my breakfast, lunch, and dinners so that I know when I eat breakfast, I'm going to be satisfied until lunchtime. When I eat my lunch, I'll be satisfied until dinner. When I eat my dinner, I'll be satisfied until the next morning. And if for whatever reason I'm not satisfied those days because some days I'm emotional or I didn't sleep well or I'm just hungry, whatever, I've got some strategies of what I can eat in the middle as well. But I am never, never just trying to skip meals, starve myself. That's the worst thing you can do because it just throws everything, it makes everything all wobbly, right? It, 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 it erodes the foundation under you, you know? Um, Tree Dunham. I feel like even when I eat meals, I still binge. So I feel like restricting is damage control. Yeah, that's a common one. And that restricting that that's the cycle though, isn't it? You know, like, like I know, and that that's, that's what I always hear from my clients is they're like, that's what I always hear from them. They'll say this. They all, everyone does that, right? You go and you overeat and now, now it's it time to restrict and get myself back. But then what happens is now you just, you throw yourself off balance again, you know? So what do you do? Um, the first thing is to understand that I feel like even when I eat meals, I still binge, okay? So that's really interesting. That's what I would want to unpack. If we were, if I was coaching you, we would unpack that. And the reason why is because now that sounds like a belief, right? Now you're telling yourself, well, it doesn't matter what I eat, I'm still going to binge, okay? Not true. That's not true. What you're eating right now is causing you to binge, but if you start to optimize what you're eating, you'll get to a point where you will not binge. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, it's a little bit of a combination of what you're eating and how you're eating. Okay, so I would obviously practice mindful eating. If you didn't watch, I did a, I don't know if it's up yet, but I, I was talking yesterday about mindful eating. And even just today, I was talking about this earlier in the, in the, when we started, um, slowing down and calming down when you're eating. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part is upgrading the quality of the food you're eating. If you start eating more natural whole foods, more fiber, uh, more protein, you're probably going to find that you, it's, it's harder to binge and you're satisfied a lot longer, all right? Um, but I would focus on the meals is where I would put all of my attention and I would do what I can. I know it's hard for you outside of the program. It's hard because you don't have you know, the, the tools at your disposal. Um to not want to like, you know, damage control and, and over restrict once you screw up. But if you can stop doing that, you firm up the ground under you, if, if that makes sense. Because every time you go into the restrictive mode, it feels like you're doing something good. But if you zoom out a little bit and look at it, what you'll realize is that restricting mode is setting off a chain of events where you're overeating. So, it, you, you know, you really got to kind of work on stopping that. But the first step is being aware of it. So good job being aware of it, all right? Ezra says, thoughts on using caffeine as an appetite suppressant? Um, uh, well, I guess it depends. I mean, I sit here in front of you as someone who drinks coffee. So maybe that's what 
I don't know. Maybe it helps me out that way. Um, I, I wouldn't with the caffeine. I've done a lot of research on it. I feel in my heart, I'm like, I, I, how can it be good for me to just put this much caffeine in my body every day? But then I read stuff and I'm like, ah, it's not that bad, you know? And so I don't think it's that bad for me. But that's what I wanted to get to. You know, I, I think if you're starting to use like supplements and things, sometimes those things are crazy and it's just too much. I drink my caffeine in coffee form, black coffee form. So I don't know. I guess I'm saying how you're taking it. I would take that into account. I wouldn't want to be taking like too much caffeine for fear of what effect it might have. But that might be helping me with my appetite for all I know. The main thing happened with my appetite though. Hey, what's up, Don? The main thing happened with my, helping me with my appetite, I'll tell you this. I, was, I, I would say this, I don't know how many I'll get to. I was going to say three things, but let me see where I end up. The, the main thing that helps me with my appetite, number one, is the food I eat. So I eat a lot of natural food, a lot of fiber. And the fiber, I believe, is the most satiating, satisfying thing that's going to keep you satisfied. So I wouldn't be thinking, it's like even the word like appetite suppressant, right? Like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like code words I'm seeing that I'm not loving Azra, right? Diet code words. So I'm not looking to suppress my appetite. Do you understand? Um, because that, that, that just implies this, this force, this fighting against, I, I don't love those words. Um, I'm looking to satisfy my appetite. I'm looking to nourish my body the way it wants to be nourished. Um, so the big things that, that I find do affect my appetite, food, number one, okay? Eating a lot of natural whole foods with a lot of fiber, protein, that's number one. Now, the flip side of that is to eat less processed foods. Processed foods are literally designed in chemical labs to make you eat as much as possible about them. So what would be the opposite of a suppressant? Um, I'm blanking on the word. But it would be appetite exploder, <laughs> right? Appetite exploder would be processed foods. That's what they're, they're designed for. Right. So, so that's the other side of it. So, so the food's the one piece of the appetite. The other piece of the appetite is, is your lifestyle, really. Um, your sleep, your hydration, your relaxation levels are, are huge. So that's what I would focus on more than the, than the caffeine. Um, Jody says scheduled eating and clean foods on non-pleasure days. Yep. Exactly. 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 The clean foods is so important. I, I, I can't even, I can't even overstate that. It's just so, so important and helpful. Appetite increaser. Yeah, increaser, right? <laughs> suppressant and increaser. Is there another word? Opposite of suppressant. Um, I see Lori said, I was always a breakfast eater, always overweight. I'm trying to wait for hunger now, but I don't get hungry till later at work. Not sure if I should eat by a schedule or listen to hunger. Now, that's a good question. I'm going to give you an answer that, it doesn't even feel right saying it, but I'd be lying if I said I don't do this. And this is how I decided to live. Um, me personally, I prefer to structure my eating. Okay. That being said, if I just wait till I'm hungry, I don't like to like, I don't like spontaneous stuff. I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't know. Am I an intuitive eater or not intuitive eater? I don't know. I'm kind of somewhere. I've had a hard time defining this, but I would never, ever like just not eat breakfast because some days 
I might be hungry and I'll eat breakfast. Some days I wouldn't be that hungry and then I wouldn't eat breakfast. And now all of a sudden I'm busy at lunch and now I'm really hungry. Now my whole day is kind of thrown off. So I have landed on what I like to do is I like to schedule my eating. And I know I've heard this about the breakfast eating. There's a thing called the weight registry study, which is, is interesting for all of you, I think, where I forget how many people it's up to now, but it's people that have lost weight and kept it off for two years. And they basically just answer all these different questions of what they do. Now, it's always important to remember that although, I forget the number now, I think it was 65% ate breakfast. Um, that also means, you know, what, 35% don't. So again, the golden rule is that there's no right or wrong. It's only what works for you. Um, that being said, uh, ultimately your weight comes down to calories consumed on average. And so if you don't want to eat breakfast, I think that's fine. Um, but I think you still want to structure your eating and eat on a schedule. I think listening to your hunger, I know it sounds, it makes sense to say like when you're hungry, eat. I love that idea in a perfect world. But I think in the real world, I think, A, you're not good at recognizing your hunger signals. And so you start listening to your hunger, you start eating a lot. <laughs> I'm hungry all the time. I could eat, I could eat all day long. Like I, I really could. I, 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 I'm always ready to eat, especially if you're putting like donuts and chips and muffins and cookies and stuff like that. Guess what? You know what? I guess I'm hungry. So like actually being so in tune with your body that you know exactly what real hunger is and what's not. I don't trust myself with that. If you trust yourself with that, then again, this is about figuring out what works for you. That being said, I rely on structuring my eating and that has worked very well for me. And that's what I've seen consistently work for people. Now, that being said, I don't think you need to eat breakfast. Um, but whatever your first meal of the day is, I think you want to have an idea for when that's going to be typically some plans for what you're going to eat. So I know it's not a satisfying answer, but Lori, the good news is that I just uh, I just tagged you. So next week, you'll get a message Tuesday and Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have our live coaching calls. I hope you can get on one of those. And um, it'll be easy for me to answer and, and kind of talk to you, get to know you a bit and, I, and I'll help coach you and we'll, we'll talk about this because again, there's no, this is one of those examples of I wish there was just a clear cut answer. I'm going to say that, but you know, this whole process really is like, it's the gray space, you know, that there's no black and white answers. It's kind of just figuring out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, kind of what resonates best with you. Then you try it and then we kind of, you know, see how it worked. That's the that's the, the approach that's going to work best for you. That's the approach that works best for everyone, ultimately. Enhancer. Not enhancer, though. What's... Then, I don't know. What, what's like... Uh, so I was at a... That's it. Okay. You know what? This is one of my... Fa I, I, I'm a big fan of words. Present. Antonym. What's the opposite of suppressant, someone said? Stimulant. Analeptic? I don't know what analeptic means. Excitant? I like stimulant, right? Yeah. Appetite stimulant is is what processed foods are. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of that word, right? But anyways. Um, what is the name of the registry of people who lost weight and kept it off? It's the weight registry study. So if you, if you Google weight registry study, uh, it'll come up. And it's very interesting. But again, please remember. Please remember, right? I, I don't even like to mention this sometimes because dieters just be like, Oh, if, if 70% of these people, you know, used a scale and I got to use a scale, but I hate to scale, you know? So again, understand that whatever percentages you see, every person answering those questions is someone who's been successful losing weight. Okay. And so it's not just about forcing yourself to, cause you saw someone writing that 
it's a place to get some ideas and then bounce them off you. Do they resonate with me? Do they not? Let me see. Okay. But it's a great, I, I, I love that resource. And to be honest, it, it's a version of what I did in the beginning when I began speaking with people. Now I went more in depth, um, you know, to understand more of the mindset of where they're at, but uh, it's very, very helpful to see what people have successful have done. Because usually you listen to people that aren't successful about weight loss, right? Who you know? And then, see, this is the big problem a lot of people have with weight loss. A, you're listening to, like no one around you has even mastered their weight. Who are you listening to? Do you know what I mean? Like who are you learning from? You know, and it's like uh, everyone's struggling with their weight loss. So who are you learning from? <laughs> Thanks for the rose. Um, you know, it's the blind leading the blind. So, you know, you got to find. And then the people that have successfully lost weight, you're like, well, they're aliens. I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're fucking weird. I don't know. They just they don't like sweets. I don't know. They're weird. They're just thin people. You know, it's like, it's so funny because that's another pattern I've noticed. A lot of my clients, when we start working together, they're like, you know what? I actually have a thin friend and I realize they don't just eat whatever they want. You know, they, they actually, they got these strategies. I'd never realized it before, you know? Yeah, I promise you. You know what I mean? So, you know, anyways, people are kind of this weird spot where they never get to learn from people that are, you know, genuinely getting the results they want. Um, that's why NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming, that's really what it is. It's the science of modeling. And we don't, we model by nature, but a lot of times we don't seek out role models to learn from because that's not how we're taught to do it. So anyways, that's an important piece of NLP. It's the core piece. It's the science of role modeling, you know? And once you start studying people getting the results you want on a deeper level, it's it's very eye-opening. Very, very eye-opening. Um, Karen says, my dad always ate the exact amount of food at every meal, said he got used to it in the army. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I'll be completely honest. My Breakfast is the same breakfast Monday through Friday. I eat the same lunch Monday through Friday, the same amount. Everything's pretty much the same. Um, my dinners are the same week to week. I don't eat the same thing every night, but week to week, it's a very similar dinner and it's very similar amounts. Listen, folks, you all eat the same amount of shit anyways. Your body, your body's a status quo machine. Your weight's not going. See, people, it's just so funny. We get very emotional and we don't, we don't experience and think of the world accurately. We think of it very emotionally and inaccurately. And one of those things with the weight is like, you think your weight's just going, shooting up like a rocket ship because that's what it feels like. It's not. To, to pr prove the point, I remember in college, um, I got a degree in finance and investments and I took this investments class and one of the projects was, the guy goes, okay, I want you to lose money. I want you to play the stock market. I want you to lose money. I said, oh, that'll be easy. No, it's not. It's just as hard to lose money as it is to gain money. Does that make sense? Which is to say to you, I know you think it's easy to gain weight. It's not. It wouldn't be easy for you to gain weight. I know you think it is, but it's, it's really not because your eating is very automated. And you, you kind of have this status quo set point. Again, it's mostly mental. but um, So anyways, but, but I'm a big fan of eating the same amounts because now I know my eating is so structured that I know that if I eat in this structured way, um, my weight's going to stay the same. And that's proven to be true over 30 years. Um, Don says you have the best comfy sweatshirts. I really do. I was just saying that to my friend. I, this year I've gotten, I'm wicked into sweatshirts. <laughs> I really am. I, I got like these, these, they're like high quality, like, like American made, you know, all, all cotton. They're so nice. So I, I appreciate you noticing that because I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, Fancy Angie. I'm looking forward to listening, reading the willpower book. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Roy Baumeister. Super, super good. Super smart. Um, Astrid says, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Astrid. Yeah, 
Uh, you too. Have a super weekend. Enjoy bananas and yogurt. All right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, again, if you have not yet, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you on the po- podcast, is Program Yourself Dance on all the podcast platforms. You can go listen to that. Uh, YouTube channel is Jim Katsoulis, and you can watch uh, videos up there, shorts, all sorts of stuff. Um, that's going to be getting better. So, uh, yeah. All right, everyone, have a super weekend, and we'll talk soon. See you later, Jody. Bye.